BBP Nation, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to another week, um, uh, another episode of the Big Blue Pin Stars podcast. I am Joe Butkerite. I am the host of the show. I am the only person who talks on this show. Uh, but again, thanks for tuning in. I uh, got some spring training games to talk about. We got some actual action to talk about. So that's pretty exciting. Um, it's a fun time of the year. People are, well, not necessarily on this team fighting for jobs. This, this team is pretty much locked in stone um, besides all the people that are dropping and the replacements that are, that are going to be filling in for them. So that's kind of what we have on tap for today. Uh, as you noticed, the intro song was a little bit more somber than normal. That's because the theme of the show was going to be sadness and expectations are dropping a little bit because we're losing some players, some key players. It's, you know, deja vu all over again. And just, I don't know why this happens every year. It, everyone talks about the NFL. The Redskins are dealing with some serious training staff issues. I'm not real confident that the Yankees training staff knows what the hell they're doing. People get hurt so damn much on this team. And it's not like we're losing a third stringer here, a bench player here, you know, maybe a, a third baseman here. No, we're losing like middle of the lineup guys, top of the rotation guys, closers. We're, we're losing. I mean, last year they had the most IL stints in Major League Baseball in 103 games. They, they're, they're equipped to withstand the injuries, but it's, it's not fun. Um, it sucks. You want to see your guys out there, and the guys are not out there right now. So it sucks. So that's why we had that intro today, and yeah, it's setting the tone for the show because it's not going to be a very positive one. Um, anyway, just want to give everybody an FYI. Um, I am using a new software for my recording and editing, so I don't have some of the same uh, sound bites and beats and stuff that I used uh, previously, so it, it might sound kind of lame. I want to apologize for that. Hopefully you get through it and listen to the words, which is what's most important in a podcast anyway. Uh, so hopefully you guys get through that. Um, hopefully next week I'll be back to normal. Um, I have a buddy of mine that might be putting together a little intro song for me, uh, you know, customized towards our show, which will be pretty, pretty cool. Um, hopefully that comes through because that'll be pretty exciting to have. I haven't had anything like that. I've been just using neutral tones and beats that I found online, which is kind of boring. Um, so hopefully we'll have that next week. Anyways. Let's get into the show. Um, injuries, injuries, injuries. Every year, it's injuries. We've played, I think, five games. Five games. And we've lost the number two pitcher in the rotation, the number three pitcher in, in the rotation, and who was probably going to be the third hitter in the lineup. Not fun. Three of, I don't want to say the most important players on the team because all three of these guys missed a load of time last year and they did just fine and it sucks but they'll be all right it's not like this is going to take them out of the playoffs they're still going to dominate anybody that comes their way unless they lose you know seven more people their lineup is still dirty their pitching staff isn't as good as we were expecting it to be but it'll still be okay um i'm one of the first names that i'll get into is the first injury that popped up um, before spring training even started. Uh, James Paxton had surgery on his back, um, which is never fun. Nobody wants to have surgery on their back. Um, as a fan, sucks that he put it off so long, but you understand it. I mean, these guys are humans. They're not you know, creatures that are placed in front of us for entertainment. Um, what they're doing is entertainment, but they're, they're human beings. They have families. They have lives. You know, their quality of life is most important. You didn't want to you know, have somebody cut next to his spine. So he tried to put it off as long as he could. Could put it off any longer and hurt. He couldn't pitch. Um, so you got to do it if he wants to keep pitching. I mean, the other option is to not pitch and stop playing baseball, I guess, which I'm sure is something that he talks about with his family. Um, he decided to have surgery, wants to pitch again. Um, great for us. Um, no need to jump down his throat for waiting. Uh, guys don't want to cut their spines. I mean, it's natural. Who wants to get, who wants to do that? So that sucks. Um, but it, it apparently it wasn't a very invasive surgery, um, as far as back surgeries go. So they 
were originally projecting that he was only going to miss about a month. Um, apparently, he's ahead of schedule. Uh, he's apparently going to start throwing this week, uh, which will be awesome because we still got a full month before the season starts. Um, so if we can get him within you know the first couple weeks of the season, that'll be fantastic because we need him. He's good. Um, he was really one of the best pitchers last year on the team when he played. When he when he played, he missed. I want to say about ten to twelve starts. Um, so he wasn't there as much as you would like from a guy as good as he is. But that's kind of been his mo through his career throughout his career. He's never really finished, you know, a full season with like thirty three starts. So, you know, you want out of your starters, um, especially the top top of the rotation guys. Um, he's he's never really been that kind of guy. He's big. He's huge. Um, those guys usually get banged up a little more often than you know smaller players. Baseball isn't really a game for oversized humans. Um, a lot of them get hurt, i.e. Aaron Judge gets hurt a lot. He's big. Um, just kind of the way it is. It, it kind of could possibly be the reason why the Yankees get hurt so much. Uh, they got a lot of really big guys. Um, so that could, I don't know. I don't know why they get hurt so much. It's frustrating. But we'll be without James Paxson for a little while. Um, the next one in line is probably, in my mind, the most devastating blow of the bunch. Um Luis Severino, Luis Severino, really one of my two or three favorite guys on the team. He's just so much fun to watch. He's so good. People don't, I don't know, appreciate what he what he can offer. Um, the one truly healthy season he had, he finished third in the Cy Young voting. I mean, he finished with a two ninety eight ERA um, in two thousand eighteen. He's unbelievable. Um, or two thousand seventeen. Um, he's unbelievable. He's so good, and people don't appreciate it. Yankees fans don't appreciate it. Um, you know the diehard, the the paying attention to the shit all year round, every day. Those guys understand how good he is. Um, casual fans don't. I, I don't know. They're kind of over him. Um, when this injury news came out, my wife told me her dad texted him, or texted her saying that you know he gets hurt too much, they should cut him. Um, no, no, they shouldn't. He's twenty seven years old. Uh, Tommy John surgery of 2020 isn't your dad's Tommy John surgery. Guys come back just fine. Um, takes a while, sure, but generally speaking, they come back just fine. Um, usually better than they were before because they don't worry about the injury anymore. Um, it takes a little while, so you know he's obviously going to be out all 2020. Probably be out most of 2021, um, and then the second half of 2021 will be gaining trust in his elbow and, you know, having faith in throwing the pitches that he's used to throwing, getting back into the speed of the game because at that point it'll be, you know, a year and a half without playing. Um, really almost two years, two and a half years without playing because he pretty much missed off last year. I think I saw he threw 20 total innings between regular season and playoff. Um, so really he made like three starts. Um, so really by the time he comes back, it'll be two and a half years away from the game. So, Hopefully he comes back before the end of next season, more so just to get pitches, innings, game time, experience, get used to it, get the butterflies out, get regain your trust. That's going to be big because that's a, I mean, that's a big injury to come from last year. He was dealing with shoulder shit that nobody really knew what it was. He just knew it hurt and they couldn't find anything wrong. It just hurt. So what was thought? To be a couple weeks, turn into a couple months, pretty much turn into a full season. This year, at the positive side of it, we know what it is, and it's fixable. It's not something like last year that it just lingers and you're waiting for the pain to go away. This one, we know exactly what it is. They're going in and fixing it. He's got 12 to 15 months of rehab, or probably more towards like 15 to 18 months of rehab, and you're back at it. And you got to trust your elbow and trust your body to do what it needs to do to make pitches. Um, so we'll be looking at him in 2022 and he'll be in a contract year. <laughs> he signed a four year contract and we will not see him pitch <laughs> during his contract. Uh, good times. Um, but that's the biggest blow so far. Um, he was going to be the one, two punch with Garrett Cole that the Yankees haven't had in so long. I mean, you can say CC and, you know, name that number two starter, um, whether it be, you know, Tanaka later on, A.J. Burnett in the beginning. Um, uh, Hiroki Kuroda had a couple good years. Um, they just don't – they haven't had 
that you know Garrett Cole Justin Verlander combo that Clayton Kershaw Walker Bueller combo they haven't had that um, and it's frustrating because a team that has such a dominating offense for so long can't win a World Series because we haven't had pitching bullpen has been ridiculously good for a long time we can't get the ball to the bullpen consistently enough with a lead or it's uh, it's frustrating or well, we get it to them with a lead but we're doing it every single night where we're giving them the ball in the fifth inning sixth inning and you know by the end of the season these guys are burnt out we get to the playoffs they get shelled we lose um to a bunch of cheaters uh that was the last episode anyway it's frustrating that was going to be the guy we were going to have that one-two punch you know that jacob de healthy noah Syndergaard. We were going to have it, and now we don't. Now we got Garrett Cole and everybody else. Tanaka's fine. I'm actually a bigger fan of Tanaka than most people are. Um, he, you know, He's going to give up home runs. He does that. Um, but he actually is a good pitcher. He wins a lot of games. Um, he keeps you in it. He doesn't. He lets up a lot of home runs, but he doesn't really let up the, the big like three-run Grand Slam jacks that put you know games away. He doesn't really do that as much. Um, people on base, he kind of cracks down a little bit more. Uh, it generally the nights that that splitter ain't working, he leaves it up, gets rocked. Um, it happens. At the end of the year, his numbers are generally pretty good. Um, he would be he would have benefited personally from not being in this division. You know, if he would have been a National League pitcher in the in the AL Central, he would have been. We'd be talking about him probably as one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball, if that were the case. Unfortunately for him, that didn't work out. Not that he cares. He got paid before he even got to the United States of America. So, I mean, what does it matter to him? Um, not saying that he doesn't care. I'm sure he wants to pitch well. I'm sure he wants to be regarded as great and, you know, things like that. But as far as playing for a con, playing for a free agent deal, playing for a contract, he already got that. He got that before he came here. He earned that in Japan. <laughs> where the talent isn't as good as it is here. So he's okay financially. As far as him being the number two pitcher in the rotation, I wasn't hoping that. I was hoping he was going to be four behind Paxton and Severino. He still might be number three behind Paxton. We'll see what what happens with him. But um, as of right now, that Garrett Cole signing is clutch. Very clutch. Because without him, we'd be fucked. So if he gets hurt, as far as injuries, um, let's play a fun little game. Let's uh, injuries that would affect the team the most. Obviously, number one is Garrett Cole. They brought him in to fill the biggest hole in the team. They paid him the most money on the team. He's got the biggest uh, pitcher contract in MLB history. He's coming off a year where he should have won the Cy Young, but they gave it to Justin Verlander as a lifetime achievement award. Um, Garrett Cole was the best pitcher in Major League Baseball in 2019. And they brought him in to be the best pitcher in baseball in 2020 because the Yankees needed pitchers. They got it. They got their guy. Um, looking back at it now, that was an absolute must sign. Absolute must sign. Because you know these guys are going to get hurt. Severino gets hurt um, a couple of times now. He missed all of last season. He had a couple IL stents in 2016. Um, that's just kind of what he does at this point in his career. James Paxson, every year he's going to miss games. Um, he's never really had the season ending blow like some of these other guys, but it's just like nagging things where he'll miss like two starts. He'll miss four starts. He'll miss three starts. And then, you know, by the time you get to September, he's making 22 out of 34. And I mean, he's still going to have a, you know, three, five ERA. He's going to strike out 11 hitters for nine innings. He's going to win games. He's going to look nasty when he's out there, but really at the end of the day, you want him to be available at the end of the season. So let's let's figure out a way to get him healthy in uh, September, October, maybe into November. I'm not really sure when the schedule, where the schedule goes, but usually ends by the end of October. So let's get him through that. Um, so obviously number one, Garrett Cole, most, most uh, devastating injury to the team. Number two, I'm going to say, uh, that's an interesting one. I think I'm going to say Aroldis Chapman only because the Yankees are 
kind of going to go back into being a bullpen-dominated team because they're losing their starting pitchers. So, and with that being said, they've also lost Dellen Batances, who, to be fair, they didn't have last year. But they lost Dellen Batances. So now your your path to Chapman got a little shorter. Um, you still got Adovina. You still got Canely. You still got Britton. Um, you still got Chad Green, who can be that guy. All, pretty much all four of those guys could be the closer if need be. However, none of those guys are Aroldis Chapman. They don't bring that fear level to a hitter. And when Chapman is on, when he's locating his fastball, which isn't always, but he gets into stretches, um, streaks where he is locating that fastball, when he's doing that, he's the best relief pitcher in baseball. And when you can throw 103, you can spot it where you want it, and you got that slider that goes you know, 90 and is pretty much unhittable when the fastball is being located. He's the best. He's the best reliever in baseball. Best closer in baseball, um, and they need him. They need him now more than ever because they're pretty much going to be trotting out. Say Cole's one, Tanaka's going to be two, Hap is going to be three, and if you would have told me three months ago that Jay Hap was going to be the number three starter, I would have fucking spit in your face with laughter because he sucks. But here we are. Um, Jordan Montgomery, the missing uh, piece to this link that you know everybody forgot about that's back now. Missed 2019 with Tommy John surgery. Also, um, he's back. He was going to be a fringe guy that was going to fight for that fifth spot with Jay Happ. Now he's slotted into number four, and he is going to be relied upon. Um, so with him at four, and then the, the fifth spot's just going to be a revolving door. Is Chad Green going to open again? If that's the case, then Chapman becomes that much more valuable because you'll lose one of your bullpen guys um, for, you know, every five days. Um, you could have Louis Sessa in there. You could have uh, Jonathan Loisiga in there. Who knows? That's going to be a revolving door. The I guarantee you behind, say, Cole, Tanaka, and Hap combined for 90 starts, we're not going to have anybody else over 15. I don't think we will. I mean, maybe Paxton gets in there for 20 to 23. Um, but other than that, I think it's going to be trial and error. Um, go with the hot hand. Once a guy starts getting chilled, bring in the next guy. Because um, these guys can be rotated between spot starter and long reliever pretty smoothly, uh, pretty seamlessly. So I think that's going to be the case. And that's going to make Chapman that much more valuable. I mean, you need him at the back of the game. You need him to close these games out because – I don't know how big these leads are going to be because some of these games might be, you know, eight to six. Some of these games might be five, four, six, five going into the ninth inning. We need Chapman to, to shut it down. Uh, so I'm going to say he's number two. As far as in the lineup, um, probably the most devastating injury. I, you want to say Aaron Judge because he's the most um, threatening presence in the lineup. But he misses so much time with injury that you kind of get used to it. You get used to it. You got We got depth. That's the thing. That's why it's easy to pick pitchers to be the guys that are going to hurt the team the most because you got depth in the offense. I mean, we got six outfielders that could legitimately be MLB starters everywhere else. Um, you got Aaron Judge. You got Giancarlo Stanton. You got Brett Gardner. You got Aaron Hicks when he gets back from his Tommy John surgery. Um, I think it was Tommy Johnson here. No, maybe he didn't. I don't. I don't remember what he had. Um, but he's gonna miss probably the first half of the season. You got then we got Mike Talkman. Uh, you got Tyler Wade who can play in the outfield. You got Miguel Andujar who is trying to learn how to play the outfield. Um, they got depth. They got depth all around. The only place you don't have depth anymore is catcher because you lost Austin Romine. Um, and. Kyle Higashioka might be better than him. I don't know. Um, I always liked Austin Romine because he was so damn reliable. Um, Gary Sanchez is one of those guys that's going to miss games. Austin Romine was able to fill in for weeks at a time. And you're not going to get the same production as Gary Sanchez. He's not going to hit 35 bombs and drive in 110 runs. But what he is going to do is give you good at-bats. He's going to hit the ball hard. Um, he does drive in a lot of runs because he hits the ball hard. He doesn't strike out. Um, and he's an excellent defensive catcher. So it was always 
It sucks to lose Gary Sanchez, but having Austin Roman back there made you feel a little bit more comfortable. Uh, Higashioka, I, I don't know. I mean, we've seen him a little bit. He's got a little bit more pop than Romine does, but he hasn't proven it yet. He hasn't had to. He doesn't. He hasn't really had a chance. Um, he's been basically the third catcher for the last two years. Um, gets to play every now and then between the Gary Sanchez stints on the IL when Austin Romine had to fill in. So Higashioka got the backup calls for that. So he was playing every fifth day when Romine needed a break. Other than that, I mean, there's depth everywhere. So, I mean, I want to say personally, if Gary Sanchez misses more time than normal, so like pretty much you're going to get 100 to 112 games from him. You're not going to get the 135 you normally get from a catcher. You're going to get 100 to 110, 112. Um, If you only get 70 from him, that's a big blow. That's a big blow. You need him. You need him in the lineup because he gives you something that no other baseball team has, and that's a catcher that – can hit third and it's not ridiculous. And he's, if he plays 110 games, he's going to hit 36 bombs. There ain't no catcher other than him that can do that. There's nobody else out there that can do that. Um, his batting average is going to be what it is. Um, a normal season, he'll probably be in like the 240 range, 250 range. Um, the 172 season from 2018 is a little ridiculous. Um, that was injury riddled. And he just couldn't find it all year long. So I, a lot of people, I bring this up again. My father-in-law wanted to cut him too. I, I, I made a joke to my wife yesterday. I was like, if, you're, if your father-in-law was the GM of the Yankees, they would fucking suck. They would be worse than the Orioles. Because he wants to cut everybody that goes in a slump. If you go in a slump, he will cut you. It's, it's absurd. Um, I, I, and to be honest, I've heard other people say that about Sanchez. A lot. Of, there was so many people on Twitter over last offseason that wanted to trade him. They wanted to trade him and bring in Real Muto, which that's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but I understand where you're coming from. Real Muto is healthy and he's better defensively. Real Muto isn't close to what Gary Sanchez is at the plate. Not even close. If Gary Sanchez can put together a 15-year career, he's going to go down as the best offensive catcher in Major League Baseball history. And it's not even going to be close. Um, he'll put up numbers. If he can play 110 games a year for for 12 to 15 years, he came up when he was like 24. So even 10, not 10 years. Say he plays 110 games for 10 years, he'll go down as the best, the best offensive catcher in history. Easily. Easily. Because he'll hit 400 home runs, and his home run per plate appearance is absurd compared to other catchers. He's the fastest hitter in American League, not Yankees, not as a catcher, in American League history. He's the fastest player to 100 home runs. That's absurd. He's the second fastest player in history, period. Um, There was one National League hitter, I think it was Ryan Howard, um, who got to a couple of bats faster. Um, But... Like, it's just absurd what he's doing. Um, Aaron Judge was right behind him, too. Um, So they got power um, up and down the lineup, which is why it's hard to to say which offensive injury would hurt the most. Um, Like I said, I think if Gary Sanchez is hurt more than normal, that's a big blow. Um, The other one would probably be one of two, Gimme Glaber Torres or DJ LeMayhew. If one of those miss an extended period of time, you're in trouble. Because those are the catalysts in this lineup. Those are the... I mean, Glaber Torres is like 22. But he is... I mean, he's probably the best all-around player on the team right now. Really between him and LeMahieu. One of those two are probably the best player on the team right now. Um, They're in different parts of their career. Um, They're a little bit different players. Glaber Torres is more... 280 with you know 40 bombs. Uh, Lemayhew was more 320 with 20 bombs. Um, they both give you quality um, production. They both give you what you need. And playing second base and shortstop, <laughs> those are guys that you don't see very often um, in baseball. That combination of power and average uh, up the middle, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I mean between those three. So I'm going to say one Cole, two Chapman, three is 
Sanchez slash Torres slash LeMahieu. Um, that's where I'm at. So anyway, that was a fun game. <laughs> Oop, didn't mean to do it twice. Sorry. Still learning this software. All right. Let's get into the next one. Uh, the next injury that I wanted to talk about is the guy who I have never wanted since we got him. If you follow me on Twitter at all, um, you can follow me at Joe Butgerite, B-U-T-T-G-E-R-E-I-T. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, if you do already, you know who I hate the most on this team. And I don't hate him as a person, so I don't. I want to make that very clear. I don't hate him as a, as a human. He's a good dude. He's great for the city. He's uh, a really classy guy, a really funny guy. He's good with the media. He's good with the fans. I have no issues towards him personally. I have issues towards what they gave up to get him, why they went to get him, and when they got him. Okay, what they gave up to get him. I was a big Stalin Castro fan. Okay, I, I liked him. I thought he was really good. Obviously, looking back at it, when they signed DJ LeMahieu, that made up for it and then some. At the time, we didn't know that Castro was my second baseman in mind for the future. They remedied that. That's fine. At the time, I hated it. He was the main piece that I didn't like going the other way. Um, coming back to the other reasons why I didn't like it, um, why they got him. Okay. So when they traded for him, it was right after the Red Sox had got J.D. Martinez. And I think the Yankees wanted to get Martinez and they panicked because they were afraid the Red Sox were improving their lineup and getting better and maybe leapfrogging the Yankees offensively. They don't like that. They don't want to be worse than the Red Sox at all. I think George Steinbrenner probably would have done the same thing, to be honest, but I, I miss him being there. I liked him a lot more than his kids. I don't like a lot of the decisions the kids made. I'm glad a lot of the decisions the kids make, not like that one in general, but like all together. I'm really glad that they've put a lot more um, faith in Brian Cashman because Brian Cashman is the best in the biz. Let him go to work. Let him do his job. He's very, very good at it. Step back. Let him do his thing. They have done that pretty well, and I'm thankful for that. The John Carlos Stanton thing I don't like because I thought it was a panic move to find a J.D. Martinez replacement, and John Carlos Stanton is not as good as J.D. Martinez. He's not. The problem, and which brings me to the third reason why I didn't like it, was he was coming off of an absolute career season that he can't duplicate. He can't do that again. He hit 285. He doesn't. He's not that good of a hitter. He's a 265, 270 guy, which is not a problem. He hit 59 home runs that year. He's not going to do that again. He's going to hit you know 40 if he plays the full season, which he hasn't done now in a year and a half. Um. And even his first season in the with the Yankees, he played a full season. He played 159 games. He had 38 bombs all right, in a smaller ballpark. That's what you're going to get, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that he sucks. I'm saying he's not as good as what they thought he was. He's making too much money, which, granted, I've never really been big on uh, talking about the team's money in – negative ways saying that this guy isn't worth that i don't really give a fuck what they're worth what i'm saying is if you're going to give a guy that much money i need him to produce i need basically need him to be the best player on the team because that's less money than you can use that you can use for the other players so where i'm standing we now have a 324 million dollar contract on the books for nine years with Garrett cole we have 25 million a year strapped to John Carlos Stanton for another 10 years. Or maybe his is nine now. I think it was 10 last year. I think it's nine years now. Um, That's a lot of money with two players. Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in the staff. Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in baseball. That's fine. I'm not worried about that one. I'm worried about Stanton because it's A-Rod all over again. And he's not as good as A-Rod. Not even close. A-Rod won MVPs with the Yankees. John Carlos Stanton's not going to win MVPs with the Yankees. John Carlos Stanton is going to be placed at the three hole in the order because of his name and the fact that he's the only MVP in the lineup and the fact that he – actually, that's not true. Aaron Judge is an MVP. But the fact that he's the only 
true documented MVP in the lineup, and he's making $25 million a year. By us, he's making like $30 million a year total because the Marlins are still paying him some. And it sucks because he's not the third hitter. He shouldn't be the three-hole hitter. He should, he's not the best hitter on the team. The three spot is for the best hitter on the team. He is not the best hitter on the team. He's probably not like the fifth or sixth best hitter, best hitter on the team. I mean, really, if you go down the line, I mean, LeMahieu's better. Torres is better. Sanchez is better. Judge is better. Um, uh, Voight is better. Like, you go down the line, there's a lot of better hitters than he is. I mean, in my mind, he should be betting sixth. You, know, you got LeMahieu one, you got Judge two, you got Torres three, you got Sanchez four, you got Voight five, and, you know, put Stan at six. I can live with that. I can live with that. You can put, you know, Urshel at seven. Um, or and Duhar at seven or Shell at eight and Gardner at nine. That's a fine lineup to me. But they're gonna put Stanton three, which sucks. And now he's hurt again. Uh not the calf strain. I mean, I don't know what this dude does in the gym, but I don't know. He skips leg day, he has fucking leg issues all the time. He can't fucking run. Like make this dude a DH, then you're getting no value because he's I mean he's okay. Like, he's fine. He's going to hit bombs. He's going to do what a DH does. I mean, he's Edwin Encarnacion, basically, who they had last year. He's basically the same player. Strikes out a bunch more. Um, but this team, the way this team is built, they need that DH to be an open door. They don't need somebody locked in with. We don't have the luxury of locking in David Ortiz to the DH for four years, 155 games a year. We don't have that luxury. Too many people get hurt. Too many people need half days. Too many people need that spot to refresh their legs and stay healthy for the season. Gary Sanchez needs that spot once a week. Aaron Judge needs that spot once a week. And when you put Stanton in that spot every day, that takes away from that. And then, you know, you you put Gary Sanchez in that spot. You're not taking Stanton out of the lineup. You're putting him in left. And then you got a liability in the outfield because he's not very good at defensively. He's just, he's not. He's not that player. So, yeah. I told you this is going to be a negative show. This, this isn't a fun one. Season's getting started. Spring training is off and running. We're a month away, and this sucks. <laughs> um, like I said, it's not, it's not, uh, we're not throwing in the towel yet. We still got time. The season, the the real season hasn't actually started yet. And to be honest with this team, we know where they're going. So the real season doesn't start until September. So they got time to, so I'm not like, this is a, this is a sad, negative, somber episode. However, I'm not really that negative yet. I still think they're going to win a hundred games. I still think they're going to be dominant. Um, It's just, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating that this happens so much. And it's not, like I said, it's not like we're losing, you know, fringe guys that are fighting for a spot on the roster. We're losing guys that are key cogs in this operation. Losing Severino for the second year in a row is devastating. It's really devastating because that dude could be so great. Um, Like I said, 2017, he was third in the Cy Young voting. 2018, he had a 1.8 ERA. Like into June, maybe even into July. I think it was like 12 or 14 starts in. He had a 1.8 ERA and then just lost it second half of the year. But he's showing you, like, him losing it, that's a a 3 3, a 3 5. I mean, he's not going to go above a 3 5. He's not that kind of pitcher. He's a 3 0 ERA with the ability with upside. He's a he's a three zero pitcher that can get up to or get down to two six, you know, if he has a good good run, and he's going to strike out over two hundred hitters because he's got filthy stuff. And for the second year in a row, we're missing that, and it sucks because they need him. So I need a little break, so I'm going to throw on a little tune, and then we will get into the non injury related spring training news.
right, welcome back. Um, sorry for that if you heard me taking a drink. Um, my, I've been having some issues with my mic. I don't know why it's, it's catching way, way, way too much stuff. Um, anyways, like I said, let's get into some non-injury related stuff going on. Um, I guess it's kind of injury related, but it's positive injuries. Um, Aaron Judge is back. He's practicing. He's hitting. He's throwing. Um, should be getting games this week. That's nice. Um, well, I mentioned last week that maybe I didn't mention last week because last week we were talking about the Astros. Um, but yeah, he had some issues. Um, some a, a cranky shoulder, in the words of Aaron Boone. Not really sure what that means, um, but it's looking like that's all it was. So that's a good sign. We should have him back. Now, how long he'll be healthy, I don't know, but we should have him back. Um, Saturday, Garrett Cole pitched. Um, wasn't on TV, which sucked. However, um, highlights were out immediately, um, and Garrett Cole was Garrett Cole. Uh, first batter popped out the short. Second batter struck out. Third batter walked after an 0-2 count. So it was impressive at bat, um, but had him on the ropes. Third better walk, fourth better struck out. One inning, no hits, two Ks, and a walk. That's what you're going to get. The guy's a stud. Um, he was pumping 98 in February. It's just filthy. It, I, I cannot wait to watch him every fifth day. We haven't – I don't know if we've ever had a pitcher this good. This may be the best pitcher. Uh, Roger Clemens, maybe. Roger Clemens comes to mind. He might be the, on, the only guy – and, I mean, he had you – know, hormonal help, but he might be the only guy that comes to mind that is going to be this dominant and exciting to watch every week. I can't wait. Um, it's going to be so much fun. Like, cause even before, even when we had CC, um, in his heyday, like, you know, when they signed him in 09, 09, 10, 11, 12, like those years, like he was good. He was good. He was everything we asked him to be. I was telling my wife the other day, um, he, would strike out. He would throw 210 innings, strike out 240 batters. And, you know, that was great. He would have a 3-1 ERA. He was a great pitcher. You know, he's one of the best pitchers of his generation. He is. He won a Cy Young. He's won a World Series. He's done everything he needed to do. Um, he's, he walked away on a positive note. Um, he did everything. He did everything he had to, and, and he was great. Garrett Cole struck out 100 more batters than he did last year. Than, than he did, you know, when he was in his heyday. Okay. Uh, CC would strike out, you know, 240, 250 batters a year. Garrett Cole struck out 335 last year. 335. I mean, it's just, it's a it's a filth. It's a domination. It's a ability that we haven't seen in the Bronx, and I can't fucking wait to watch it. It's going to be so much fun. We haven't had that guy. We haven't. I can keep saying it. We haven't had it, and I can't wait to watch it. I cannot wait. Um, I haven't been this excited for a baseball season in a long time. Um, I'm, I know the Giants are going through uh, a rebuild right now, so it's hard to get excited for them. But I'm as excited about this Yankee team as I've ever been excited for a Giants season. And everyone around me would think I'm a bigger football fan, um, just I guess because football is just bigger. Um, they only play 16 games a year, so you get a little more amped up for each one than you do for a baseball game. I mean, I watch every baseball game, but it's not like – football is different when you only get one game a week and there's only 16 of them. You only get 16 games. So, it, you know, it's easier to get pumped for each one, you know, have some people over, have some food, or go out to a bar, have some food, watch the game. You don't do that for baseball just because there's too many. I mean, you're going to have people over every single night at 7 o'clock and – not go to bed on time, you know, you can't do that. So, I mean, on the outside, it looks like I'm a bigger football fan. I'm more excited about this Yankees team than I think I may have ever been excited about a Giants team. Preseason. Obviously, those two Super Bowl wins with the Giants were a high that I haven't gotten with the Yankees. Only because they were so unexpected. Um, the years that the Yankees won, you were kind of looking for it. Um Pretty much every year with the Yankees, you're expecting it. Um, they've, they're just that type of franchise. I mean, you expect it every year. I mean, they had a run, you know, between 2012 and 2015, 16, that they were, you want to say bad. Um, they were winning 85 games instead of 98 games. Um, they weren't making the playoffs. 
which is ab- abnormal for the Yankees. So that was bad as as I'm using air quotes and I just punched my desk. That was bad. Um, they haven't experienced the two and fourteen bad, the three and thirteen bad that the Giants have experienced lately. I don't think they went two and fourteen, but the three and thirteen, five and eleven seasons are bad. Frustrating to watch. Those Super Bowl runs were so unexpected that they both of those games brought me a high to the point where I haven't experienced with the Yankees. If this Yankees team wins the World Series this year or next year, it's it's going to be bigger than 2011 Giants. 2007 Giants will probably be the biggest championship I'll ever see. I mean, you knock off, in my opinion, the best team in NFL history. You beat them. And you didn't just beat them. You you shut them down. Um, that was That'll be the best championship between the Yankees and Giants, which are basically my two teams. I'm not as big of a basketball fan. I'm not at all a hockey fan. So um, I'm a big LeBron fan. The title in 2016, uh, whatever year they beat the Warriors, um, that was big. But it's not like Giants and Yankees. So, but anyway, I don't even remember what I was talking about before that. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this team more than anything else. I can't wait to get this going. Um, oh, Garrett Cole. That's what I was talking about. All right. Garrett Cole. I can't wait to watch him because he's so good. I think that's what I was saying uh, over and over again. But yeah, it's there's nothing else to say. His outing on Saturday is exactly what he's in fucking midseason form already. He was making his first start, and he's so damn methodical, too, that he's already like they scheduled his excuse me, they scheduled his starts from opening day back to the start of spring training to make sure he's pitching every fifth day. Already. I mean, he started on Saturday because five starts down the line brings you right to opening day. And he's so damn methodical. He's so smart. Like he knows the ins and outs of pitching more than more than the usual starting pitcher. And starting pitchers are probably the smartest guys on the field between them and catchers and shortstops. Probably the smartest baseball guys on the field. And he's smarter than the other starting pitchers, catchers, and shortstops. It's just, it's wild to listen to him talk about it. He's so damn, like, uh, I don't know the word, meticulous about every pitch, about every thing he talks about. It's so, like, you can tell that this is his true passion. Like, he's playing this because he absolutely loves it. The money is a bonus. Uh, it's not a job to him. This is a passion. A lot of people, this is a job. Um, it's not for him. It's going to be so much fun to watch. The one thing that has me worried is that when he was in Houston, he had a personal catcher. That could be a problem because Higashioka can't be a personal catcher for anybody. We can't afford to have that, especially with Garrett Cole. We can't afford that. Gary Sanchez needs to show Garrett Cole that he can be that guy, that he can block his pitches, that he can call a good game, that he can be trusted, uh, that they can you know, have an internal wavelength to where they're on the same page every night. They need to form that bond because they can't afford to take Gary Sanchez out every time Garrett Cole pitches. I mean, what are you going to do when you get to the playoffs? And he, Gary Sanchez ain't sitting in the playoffs. He can't sit. I mean, you got – uh, off days for travel days. I mean, he doesn't have to sit like it, you're not playing 13 days in a row, potentially like you do in the regular season. They're playing at most three days in a row. So he doesn't need to sit. If he's sitting twice a series because Garrett Cole's pitching game one, game five, and then, you know, it could be game one, four, seven in the CS and the world series. Potentially you can't sit Gary Sanchez three times in a playoff series. Are you kidding me? You're going to play Higashioka three games out of seven? No. No, 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 no. That didn't happen. They need to figure this shit out. And Saturday was a good sign. They talked to him after the game about it. He said that they he liked a, a lot of what they did. They were on the same page. Obviously, they're not in midseason form. It was his first start. Gary Sanchez's English isn't very good if he speaks any at all. I don't know. He speaks through a translator every time he does an interview, so he might not know much. But generally speaking, the guys know how to communicate with one another on the field. So maybe he's got enough of a 
grip of the language to where he can, you know, talk to him on the mound and talk about pitches and things like that. I don't know, but they need to get to a point where they're okay because Garrett Cole needs to feel comfortable pitching to Gary Sanchez. That's the only thing that has me worried about Mr. Cole this year. Outside of that, I am heavy on the Coltrane. Oh boy, I'm the conductor. The Coltrane is coming our way. Toot toot. I am coming. And I'm conducting the train. I can't fucking wait to watch this guy every week. It's going to be awesome. He's going to bring, he is going to bring so much excitement to this fan base. So much excitement. I mean, we haven't had that. I, can, I, I can't say it enough. We haven't had it. I mean, who's the best pitchers in the game? Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, Justin Verlander, um, Garrett Cole. Other teams get excited to watch these guys. We've had Tanaka, CeCe, Garota, Severino for a year. Severino was one to watch. 2017, Seve, that was the glimpse into that guy. That was the glimpse into having that guy that everybody wants to see. We haven't had it since. We had it for, for two months in 2018, and that was it. And we haven't really seen playoff Seve succeed i mean he's been fine he hasn't destroyed the team he hasn't lost games yet he tried to lose that wild card game against the twins in in uh 2017 but he didn't um thanks to dd's three-run bomb in the first inning to tie it up after severino just fucking got shelled in the top of the first inning but yeah i can't wait um, it's going to be so much fun. Um, another thing that I did want to talk about, um, isn't that big a deal as of right now, but it needs to be a priority for the team. Uh, DJ LeMayhew, this is his contract year because they didn't know they were bringing in an MVP candidate when they signed him for two years and 24 million. I mean, talk about the most valuable contract in baseball. You got the guy who came fourth in MVP voting last year. And basically one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball. And you were paying him $12 million. You have John Carlos Stanton, who didn't play last year, and he was making more than double that. That's that's what I talk about when I'm talking about the money of contracts. That That's what bothers me. Um, but he's not going to be worth $12 million anymore. This is contract year. You cannot let other people pay him. You can't let other people pay him. You have to bring him back. You have to extend him. Don't let him test free agency. It might not matter because he's the kind of guy that if you show him any sort of uh, any sort of feeling that like you know you want him, he's gonna give you a chance. He's just a good dude. He likes playing here. He wanted to be a Yankee in the first place. That's why he came here. To be honest, when they signed him, they didn't have a spot for him. He, did, he wasn't in the lineup opening day last year. He wasn't brought in to be a starter, which is hilarious because he ended up almost winning an MVP and was knocking on the door of being an MVP, MVP finalist. I mean, he finished fourth. And they brought him in to be a, a, a role player, which in Cashman's career, probably one of the best signings he ever made. I mean, how he managed to fucking bring in an MVP candidate for 12 million bucks in free agency is beyond me. But LeMahieu was very vocal that he wanted to be a Yankee. He wanted to play in the Bronx. He wanted to wear the pinstripes. He wanted to be here. I'm sure he still wants to be here because there ain't a player on the team that's won over a crowd as quickly as DJ LeMahieu did. It's easy to win the crowd over. Be good. That's all you got to do. Play well. He played well all year. He didn't slump at all. Um, I'm worried that he may have set his expectation a little too high, but I don't think it's an issue because I think that's who he is. I don't think he exceeded his ability last year. I think he's just that good. I mean, he's just that good. He's he's an excellent, excellent hitter. Great defensively. He can play all over the infield. Um, he's the only place he hasn't played at shortstop. So they need to start talking to him. They need to get that contract extended. Do it now before. Because even if he goes to free agency, even if he comes back, you go to free agency, that price goes up. The price is going to go up because other teams are going to get interested. You're going to hear 
rumors about what people are thinking of offering, what his market value is, what I don't, I haven't done any research into the free agents of next year. So I'm not sure who's there, what the market will be set at, but you don't want, you don't want a bidding war. You want to extend him, get it over with, let him, I, he's not, he's a Derek Jeter clone. He's not going to worry about it this year. He's not going to think about it. So, I mean, it's not a big a deal on that side of it. Whereas like, for instance, last year or two years ago, Bryce Harper, you know, was being asked about it every single day. I'm sure it affected him. It's not going to affect LeMahieu. What it's going to affect is his price. So get it done. Get it out of the way. Extend him. I think he's 31. Give him, you know, four years. Call it a day. Let him retire as a Yankee. Maybe win a title or two. Go on his merry way. His very quiet life of doing whatever he does. Playing Scrabble with his wife at home probably. I don't know. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going on extravagant beach vacations and going to the the Bahamas and, you know, taking pictures shirtless on the beach for the media to see. He ain't doing that. He's going to go home and play Scrabble and drink coffee and watch The Bachelor with his wife. And that's great. I love it. I love him so much. He's he's so much fun to watch, too. But get it done. We need to keep him. Get it done. Um, that's pretty much all I had for this episode. Um, all Yankees. Probably going to be a little bit more Giants um, mixed in coming up because we got a lot of stuff on the horizon. Um, Football-wise, the Combine is this week. So I was thinking about actually doing a um, like a little snippet, maybe 10, 15-minute live video uh, early next week um, after the Combine, after we get some, you know, all the information based on what the players – measured how they looked in their um whatever their things that they're doing at the combine i'm i'm struggling right now it's 12 30 in the morning and i'm tired but um once we get some information on how they looked um what their numbers were what some of the measurements were things like that um we can get talking and get into talking about who the giants need to take a number four um whether they need to trade whether they need to take it what they need to do um if there's any possible chance that Chase Young is available at four, uh, depending on what the Redskins do at two, um, we'll get into some of that. So this one was all Yankees. We're going to start mixing in the Giants, and Big Blue Pinstripes will be what it's supposed to be, Yankees and Giants podcast. Um, like I said, hopefully I'll have some better beats for you, better intros, better sound bites next week. But for now, this is what I've got. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.